Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill, and these are my journals out loud. And if you're new, I'd like to say welcome. Uh, I'm going to go with the short version now of I consider myself a wired for danger woman. I am a dog mom of twins, and my goal with these podcasts, my videos, and my moving forward with a singular message is really to just somehow move into this process and idea of asking we as women to take ownership of our peace and safety. And why that's important to me is part of why I wanted to record this this morning, because uh, I, like so many of you, as I'm listening, as I'm looking, as I'm trying to gather information and make personal decisions, you know, what's the wind going to be like? What's the temperature going to be like to, you know, when is World War Three going to knock off? I feel like I am in a whiplash of information just being jerked front, backwards, left, right, up, down, and trying to hold on to something long enough to move forward in a way that makes sense. And why that's so difficult in this moment in time is that it is human nature to want to pull back and regroup, right? Refocus, restabilize. To me, that's, you know, when we go to sleep at the end of the night, right? We we are done. Uh, I love this idea that everybody deserves a safe haven. We all deserve a safe place to sleep at night. We all deserve that moment where we can pull back in, take a breath, just say, okay, today is over. It, it begins again tomorrow. And I'm finding myself, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, feeling like I'm the pinball in a pinball machine, just trying to make simple, simple decisions. It feels like this massive whiplash because it's not just simple, concrete facts like what's the forecast? You know, what is the season? What is the the year-long goal to accomplish? Uh, it's, you know, I look up the forecast and one day the month looks like X, Y, Z. And the next day I look it up and the month looks like A, B, C. And I'm like, how can these be in such conflict with each other? And this rapid changing where nothing makes sense, I think. Uh, and I can't keep up with everybody's weather. I know, you know, all of us kind of follow certain areas. And I saw something about Dallas, Texas, having like 94 degrees in February. It's impossible to keep up with the whiplash of information being all over the place. And that is very destabilizing. Uh, it's destabilizing to just our mind, our feelings, our experiences. It's destabilizing to our nervous system. Uh, and it's destabilizing to our relationships and everybody's on a different page. And so you're trying to have a conversation and there's certain things are important to some and not to others. And we're all on a different page of where we're okay with what's true and what's not true and how we're all grasping at some way to create some version of the world that makes sense to us so that we can feel some degree of stabilization. And at the same time, 
you know, everybody's spewing what their belief is. Oh, I don't agree with him, but I, I agree with him, but not everything he says. That's this thing that keeps coming out of everybody's mouth. I like them, but I don't agree with everything. Constantly this establishment of yes, but yes, you might be right, but I'm more right. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a level of insecurity is when we need to make others wrong so we feel right. And it shuts down our capacity to listen and it puts us into fear. And then we make a different, uh, we have a different way of bringing information in when we're afraid than when we're feeling safe. And it is overwhelming to me. And I cannot believe I'm the only one that's having that experience. And when I come back to this simple idea of what does it mean to have peace, uh, it's almost impossible to have peace unless we have safety or security at some level. And I never liked that word because to me it was always this idea, or at least my thinking of it, was this idea that uh, people wanted a world without conflict. Peace was the absence of unwant. You hear me talk about wanting versus don't want. Peace is want without the don't want. Peace is the absence of conflict. Peace is just everybody getting along. And I never felt that way. To me, peace was an incredibly powerful point of focus regardless of what's going on. So it's that capacity to hold it together in a calm, focused, stable way while the hurricane is whipping around you. That's the haven. You know, being able to be the haven in the storm to me is the most powerful form of peace. And we are moving into a super crazy storm that's going to escalate for as long as probably many of us will be alive. And that is really overwhelming and it's destabilizing. And you're like, where do I put my feet on the ground? And I'm going to tune out, right? That's it. I don't want to think about it. It's too much. And so, you know, I was thinking about how we're all having a different place and experience with all of this. Uh, you know, one of the questions that I've had is what is the role of women? And that's what I've been talking about because we can't physically, no one person can physically fix and solve every problem and make things be okay. But that's not even our strength. And to me, the greatest strength that women have as a collective, as a combined effort in this insane process, is our emotional ability to process and then get to that very strong, pure, focus piece. Not speaking to millions of people, but just having that be what we contribute to the overall frequency, to the overall resonance, to the overall vibration, whatever you want to, or putting it into the ether so people or life itself can access it. And there's no real value perceived in that. But, you know, it's interesting to me that science is actually catching up with the value of that. And, you know, we call it prayer, we call it uh, meditation, we call it many, many things. Uh, but what we don't really think about is how our little tiny uh, portion contributes to the whole and why that has value. And at the same time, 
not getting swept away in this crazy pinball effect world of whiplash and being jerked around without having any sense of control of anything and no foreseeable future where it looks like it's just going to all calm down. And so, you know, when I was trying to step back and look at this in a different way, I thought, how is it that we move through all these things? And, uh, you know, at a simple version in the is the we have the physical experience, right? We have the sensory, we have the human body is experiencing something. Uh, we have an intellectual analysis, right? We move through the mental phase of anal- mental phase of analyzing. Uh, then we emotionally process what that experience was and that information is. Uh, and then, you know, ideally, we move into the spiritual component and we figure out what does that mean? You know, how do I grow? How do I let go? What am I here to learn? What is my purpose? And then we repeat, you know, in a slowed down world, we would be able to move through these four stages and it's a continuous process, but there's not this lightning speed to it. And, and what's, you know, what I'm observing happening is that, you know, because when we step into fear, Uh, Somebody who's very physical demonizes, you know, the other three. Someone who's very mental tends to attack the emotional. Someone who's very emotional uh, tends to attack the physical. And that's just fear, right? That's all that I don't feel safe and this is what I'm going to do. My nervous system is activated. Danger, danger, danger. I may not understand what the danger is, but I have a very... A specific response. I can fight it, I can run away from it, uh, or I can just freeze up in the face of it. And that freezing up would be the disassociation. You know, that running away would be either literally or just walking off, right? Cutting off that relationship, just leaving the premises, withdrawing, no longer communicating, changing the subject, getting mad, saying, I don't want to talk about this anymore. And I just, it's fascinating to me, you know, what's going on. Uh, And that's me intellectualizing it because I can observe it, but I'm finding the process of emotionally processing all of this is getting more and more difficult because I think there's a rate and a speed happening out and around us that is overwhelming while there's no point in which it's going to slow down in the near future. And this is, you know, we're in the middle of history. This is what we read about that other people experience uh, that really don't even appreciate when it's happening to you. you. It's hard to understand history as it happens to you unless, you know, you go back and you read historical events and then you can see the parallels. And So when I was trying to kind of put this together in a way that, you know, made sense to me, uh, you know, the end place was if I could give one thing, it would be for we as women to understand our greatest strength is our ability to process what's happening emotionally to give us access to that real spiritual power within us and trusting that there's value in that. But it's really hard to do because you can't really say it out loud because other people don't value it and therefore they make it wrong. And I was looking up some spiritual stuff yesterday and I could see the 
uh, you know, the attack, uh, the interpretations, the uh, there's no tolerance for anybody's belief system that's different than our own. Uh, and, and there's almost nothing, you know, we can speak about anymore from a place of honesty that other people don't feel the need to comment and give you feedback on and why you're wrong for feeling that way or why you're not being perfect enough for that. And I was even, you know, the simple thing of what's a physical frailty versus an emotional. I was listening to the story of this girl who got the shot. She got paralyzed. And the first instinct of the doctor was to tell her she was just imagining it was a psychotic break. Uh, And then the second doctor whispered, no, it's not. And if you sneak over here, this doctor will read your uh, you'll read your uh, MRI and tell you the truth, but we can't tell anybody. We have to keep the truth of what's happening to you a secret, because if we say it out loud, we'll be we'll lose our jobs. And you know how do you function in this world that says? Uh, and I saw that in the emergency room over and over and over again, especially for women. They always made physical problems emotional. Oh, she's depressed. And I'm like, no, she's probably had a stroke because, or she's Alzheimer's or demented. And, you know, I would find out, no, three days ago, she was fully independent, living alone, doing everything for herself. You know, dementia doesn't show up overnight. But there was this constant dismissal of women's physical complaints as being emotional. And, you know, and that was sort of my role is I would fight for uh, the attention to, no, I think we really need to find out what's happening. And of course, you know, most of the time I was right because people don't become demented overnight. Uh, you know, women who are more often likely to get a urinary tract infection, which makes you psychotic, you're hallucinating, you're having all these, uh, you know, older people stop drinking water because they don't, uh, you know, they can't get to the bathroom or they're incontinent, they become dehydrated. Uh, and then they start, acting like they're psychotic and, you know, and they want to stick you in the psych ward. And it's like, no, they're dehydrated. You know, they have a UTI and it is this repeating pattern, you know, that we've all seen. Uh, And as we're moving into a moment where it's feeling crazier and crazier and crazier, uh, I can see it's going to be more and more difficult to ever be allowed to be honest about what you're feeling beyond this intellectual analysis. And the intellectual analysis is overwhelming. Uh, The impotence of not being able to physically fix everything because it's so out of control is overwhelming. Uh, The fear of all the reports about what's happening is overwhelming. And, And even, you know, trying to grasp into some kind of spiritual uh, consensus, you know, within just ourselves, much less within a group, it's getting really difficult as we see things becoming more and more destabilized. And one of the reasons why I feel so strongly about talking in, in this language of energy of push-pull-pause is that it is a swirl, and that swirl of energy is very destabilizing. You know, it's fun when something good is happening, right? There's an excitement, and it's 
chaotic, but you're, you have this outcome that you're excited about. You know, if you're going to buy a new home or you're getting married or you're having a baby, you know, there's this swirl of chaos that's leading to something that is wanted, that's excited, that we're welcoming. Uh, and then there's now, you know, where the swirl of chaos is getting more and more uncomfortable because there is no ability to see an outcome that is going to uh, just reveal itself in a way where it's, I think, I'm not saying you can't have hope, but it's getting harder and harder to have hope for some version of all of what's happening to unfold that will allow us to hold our emotional uh, process in a positive way. Uh, and I'm seeing more and more people check out and more uh, disassociating and more uh, inability to process the overwhelmingness of it all and seeing more intellectualization. You know, myself included, I keep defaulting into that because it's easier to talk about the intellectual aspects of it. Who's right? Who's wrong? Uh, and, you know, this uh, foray into history that I've been taking this last uh, year or two it's just the same pattern over and over and over again. And that is actually, one, explained a lot, too, but it also creates this kind of hopelessness is that we're never going to learn. We keep repeating these patterns. And dogs are activating. And at some point, you know, having to let go that there isn't, this magical moment where everybody just gets along and it's kumbaya. There's a point where we all sort of regress into our humanness and we can't get along with each other. Uh, and most of that comes from feeling unsafe. You know, and women are as notorious for that, uh, talking about each other, you know, gossiping, backbiting. And that's always gone on, the shaming, the humiliating that's always gone on. And we can't be, there is no one person or one group that comes forward and does anything. But, you know, my whole point to all of this has been there's got to be something to hold on to that feels positive, that feels valuable. Uh, you know, I spoke last time about high value content. I mean, that's sort of the same idea as like, I need high value thoughts. I need high value emotions. Uh, you know, my capacity to have high value physical experiences is diminishing. So it's more important that I have high value emotional and spiritual uh, experiences. Because if we don't have something in our life that feels high value, it is difficult to not feel hopeless. It's difficult to process. Uh, and it's easy to default into intellectualization or to just start pointing fingers and blaming or to slide into depression. That's real. That's not just a situational issue. It's easy to blame. It's easy to get lost uh, in in, in things that don't really matter because to have a life that is high value with for yourself, not as somebody else perceives or judges it, but as you identify what's high value, uh, it requires us, you know, to move through these four stages and to 
identify what's important to us and what are we doing with that information. And that's so uh, not where most people are. And it's so where I hope that we can choose to go. And it's a, it's a much more difficult way to live. And I recognize that. And so that's sort of this goal I have is that uh, I don't want to stay on the intellectualization. You know, physical action doesn't really accomplish anything at this point. There's nothing. We can't fight our way out of this. We can't kill our way out of this. Uh, we can't analyze our way out of this. And we can't uh, wait for some magical spiritual uh, moment to just take it all away and a miracle occurs. Uh, and and that really kind of gets us stuck in this emotional component because that's the one thing nobody else can do for us. You know, you can present somebody with facts, but we are all individual owners of our emotional process, whether we choose to engage with it or not. It is a huge driving force. And to me, that's the power of where our peace lies. Uh, we will never be physically safe. All we can do is make peace with making the best decisions we can and trusting, you know, however we choose to do that, whether it's in God, whether it's in self-defense or whatever version that you have established to create some degree of safety. Peace lies in our emotional process as it connects to our spiritual process. And to me, that's the value of the feminine. That's what we bring into the world. We are the stabilizing force of peace. And that is as powerful as anything else that exists in this uh, experience. But we as humans don't value it because it's like anything. We don't want it. Uh, we don't value it until it's gone. There's no value until it's taken away. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's important. So you don't value peace until your experience is of war. You don't value health until your experience is of disease or uh, lack of health, right? We don't value the other person. Just think about all the people that we hate, quote unquote, that are close to us. And then they die, and all of a sudden we have this huge overwhelming uh, feeling of remorse and how much you love them. I mean, this is just a pattern that goes on again and again and again. And so part of what I think we're collectively experiencing is we don't value human life. We don't value peace. We don't value uh, quality of life. We don't value a high value. High uh, high value kind of life, what we value is uh, very sensory. It's very impulse. It's very uh, low functioning. You know, we're easily distracted. You know, we don't care where our food comes from. We don't care about what our habits do. You know, I, every time I look at my phone, you know, all I see is slave labor, you know, over in Asia and shame on me. But there's, you know, we're sucked into this way of living that does not meet my personal values and how it's getting impossible to do that anymore. You know, there's this whole thing now with the bioengineered food, which is, you know, code for this 
in some cases, the mRNA being put or the nanotech being put in the food and, and just everything, it's in everything now. And this, like, I just want to have some quality of my food and this overwhelming uh, emotional experience, like I can't even feed myself in a way that I value. There's no access in most places to food that hasn't been ruined in some way. And, and how are we as humans allowing this to happen? And that is an emotional experience. You know, people default, myself included, into problem solving. Well, I'll just do this and everything will be okay. That doesn't change that there should be and there must be an emotional response to the fact that we as a civilization and culture put so little value in our own life, we have allowed our capacity to feed ourselves and the food that we feed ourselves to be destroyed. We are feeding ourselves, we are feeding our, ourselves and our families and the people that we love and our pets poison. And nobody did that to us. We allowed it to happen. You know, we created a market for cheap food uh, and we expected that because that was the value. The high value was to save money, not to have personal health. The high value was to have more free time and not responsibility for how we create food. And until we process that emotionally, we're just doing a lot of finger pointing, you know, and as I've said, masculine energy needs to take action. If masculine energy in women also, if we just stay in the intellectual and we don't physically take action or emotionally process, then we just cycle and we get stuck in our head. And some people go insane. Some people drink alcohol. Some people take sedatives. Some people smoke joints. Whatever they have to do to calm down the cycling in their head because they haven't been able to translate the intellectualization into a physical experience where they're doing something or to emotionally process so they can let it go. And so we have these four stages. We have the physical experience, you know, and the five senses. You know, we have the intellectual processing or the intellectual analysis, problem solving. We have the emotional experience, which, uh, you know, needs to be processed, especially when it's an unwanted emotion or it's a high, high uh, intense kind of emotional experience. Uh, and then, you know, whether we're there or not, you know, there's the spiritual component that, that we can make sense of all of this to create a life that for each of us, we would define as high value. And so if we're not even willing to have an honest conversation about what is high value entertainment or high value information, how would we ever get to what was asking for us as a high value life? Uh, and that includes all four stages, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Uh, and we throw that word out quite a bit, but those four words out quite a bit without, you know, really owning the complexity to all of it. Uh, and that we're in a moment in time where it's so unstable and so uncertain 
you know, I think it's important to say it out loud. It's really hard and it's really overwhelming and it's very destabilizing. And the more destabilized we are, the worse it gets on all four levels. We question God. We question our faith. We question our sanity. Uh, we question our perceptions. We come, our health starts to become compromised. Uh, and we're just cycling through all these things where it's getting more and more difficult to hold on to reality. And then, you know, you see people break off or they reduce into fundamentalism or they disassociate and just stay home and watch TV or they start taking drugs or all these things we do to cope with this overwhelming amount of information and ideas and experience. Uh, and if we, you know, the key to that is if we're not processing it emotionally in some way, then it tends to choke us out. It tends to make our bodies sick. It tends to make us go a little crazy. And, you know, to me, that's the value of the journaling. The journaling is where I do my emotional processing because I found that there's no one to even talk to, right? You can't even have a conversation with somebody that allows you to feel complete, you know, that they've heard you, that they've seen you, that it's, you know, the information doesn't end up coming back to be used against you or just on and on and on. And with social media, you know, it's spread online and all these crazy things that make it unsafe for anybody, you know, pretty much to share any personal information with anything. Plus, you know, the the government or the entities in control or whatever are controlling every piece of information. That's why I like to journal on paper, you know, so that theoretically, you know, nobody has access to that because you know, the power of the journal is that nobody can see it. The minute another pair of eyes are on it, it completely loses its value. And that's what processing is. You cannot have people comment on your process and have it be effective because it disrupts it, becomes pinball. Oh, you shouldn't feel that way. Oh, you're wrong. No, that's not right. No, you need to do this. No, you haven't looked at that. And processing isn't about right or wrong. It's about moving through the energy of push-pull-pause within yourself till you get to that place of peace. And when you get there, there's that relax. There's that sense of, oh, okay, this makes sense. Or, oh, you know, I've decompressed. Or, oh, the pressure is let out. And for that moment, right, things just calm. Now, how long we can hold on to that, you know, becomes the game before the next set of experiences and intellectual analysis and all these other things, you know, take off and sweep us away. And and most of this is happening all at the same time and in a constant flow. It's very, very difficult to just say, you know, nope, to stop and mo- allow something to complete, you know, whether it's be feeling complete with your physical task. You know, I don't know any woman at the end of the day that feels good about everything that she got accomplished. She always feels like I never got everything off my to-do list. I never did enough. There was, you know, always more to be done. So there's always that dragging on you. Uh, And then the overwhelming amount of information that we're trying to pull together. And then, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we had the time to feel our feelings about all these things and have a moment spent spiritually where, where we connect? 
And then, you know, get a good night's sleep, get up and do it all over again. And it's this cycle, you know, of constant motion of pushing, pulling, pausing, our thinking, our feeling, our doing, our prayer, our silence, our breath, and still trying to take care of everybody. So, you know, the, the real question to all of this is, you know, the same thing I asked about what is high value content? What to us is a high value life? Is it how much we do? Is it how right we are in our intellectualization? Is it how much uh, progress we can make in our emotional processing? Uh, is it our spiritual connection that we feel uh, that we've really uh, come to some sense of peace with? Uh, that's so individual, and it's something that each of us must answer for ourselves in some way. But uh, I wanted to just take a moment today because, uh, you know, I'm having that experience where there's so many things coming at me. Uh, it's really difficult to feel stable about any decision that I make or any idea or choice or what's next or uh, just not feeling like, you know, every time I look at the, the weather or I listen to the news or I just think of a new uh, uh, idea about what I might be uh, wanting to focus on, it just feels like there's this constant whiplash. And at the end of the day, you know, what I really want is to be that stable force of peace in my own life and in the world, even if nobody ever knows anything about that, because to me, that is the most powerful thing that I have that I can contribute to the overall whole, not solving any problems, but just being able to hold that, whether it's for one minute or 10 minutes or one hour a day. Uh, I think that's really important. And, you know, one of the the truths that we're moving towards is that, you know, when two or more are gathered, there's great power in combining our efforts. Even if we're not, you know, time and space don't operate in the ether. So it doesn't have to be everybody stopping and doing it at the same time. It's timeless. But the more focus there is on that pure power of peace meaning you're not demanding, you're not asking, you're not focusing on what other people need to do or how things need to change or what needs to happen to solve the problem so you can feel better. It's just that pure connection with source, uh, that pure form of energy that's not in a push, pull, or pause. It's just all three coming together, that perfect, pure flow of focus and love and strength all at once, not masculine or feminine, just pure. That is an awesome place to be. And it's really hard to hold on to as we are moving through this particular time in our world where we're having to try to make very practical decisions about our day-to-day -day safety. And so many people are falling apart mentally and emotionally and physically it is, and then we're having all these weird supernatural spiritual things happen. I mean, it's just a crazy, crazy time. And, you know, I don't know what I thought all this would be like. Uh, you know, it's not that many of us didn't know 
we were moving into this time, but it's very different thinking about it as someday versus the experience of, and that's, you know, why I talk about it's very humbling to move into this time because, you know, you think you have it together. You think you've prepared. You think this is the time you're going to run your race and you're going to beat your old time. And it's just a really weird, uncomfortable moment that doesn't look like it's going to be resolving, you know, anytime in the near future. Uh, And that takes a lot of emotional processing to make peace with that. Uh, So I wanted to just touch on that. I just wanted to bring us back to this idea of it's not just what is a high value entertainment or content or information, but what is a high value life to us with this combination of physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And and what I see that we as women can contribute to this in a positive way that anyone can do anywhere at any time. There's no failure. There's no, I don't have enough money. There's no, I'm not strong enough. There's none of that that has to, that can need to get in the way of, of this idea is that even if it's just one minute a day, I can hold this kind of peace and contribute that to the ethers. But it's only works if we consider that something to be of high value and only we can answer that for ourselves. And that's sort of my hope with women is that, you know, we're stuck on, you know, I shared that one of the reasons I threw safety in there was because that's what's first and foremost on most women's mind, whether they're conscious it, we are conscious of it or not. And I didn't even really think about how much I filter through that safety, but that I can't get to that powerful place of peace until I have that little haven built physically, till I've moved through the intellectualization and I've emotionally processed the junk out. Only then can I get to that really pure state of peace. And if we don't have awareness of any of this, then, you know, it, it has no value. And I can see why it wouldn't feel valuable to most people because it's very chaotic. It's very scary. It's very destabilizing. And maybe the most we can do for us personally, myself included, sometimes all I can do is to try to stay focused on, you know, how am I going to get through today? And that's okay. None of this is about right or wrong. It's just about when there's time, that's why I love the podcast, because it allows you to still accomplish things physically. It allows you to move and to be in motion and not be paralyzed, you know, watching video, uh, tuning the rest of the world out. I love this idea that, you know, the words can go with you wherever you go, uh, whether you're walking or doing laundry or all these little tasks that we have to do throughout the day that allow our minds to wander in less than productive ways. You know, I love the podcast because it allows me to have high value thinking and high value feeling instead of just losing that time to the chatter of my brain or, or just feeling whiplashed. You know, it allows me to bring in some stability. Uh, And that's what I hope we can do here is that, yeah, the idea is to talk about what does it mean to be safe? Uh, and what does it mean to have peace? And it's almost impossible to have peace without safety. But 
we will never have peace within ourselves if we still believe it's a perfect world around us. You know, the real test of peace is can you hold it in the middle of the hurricane, not once the hurricane passes? And we are moving into, you know, the mother of all hurricanes. And it looks like it's just going to be a long, long storm. So with that, uh, I'm going to say thank you for being here. I can't believe it's the end of the month. Jeez, tomorrow is March. How did that happen? But it did. We are here, and I'm so grateful that you are here. And we're going to take a deep breath, and I, my friends, will see you next time.